from world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is haunted asylums. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it and based on that research we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subject that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of ghost hunting, psychiatry, or the medical treatment of the mentally ill. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. The subject for today is entirely your suggestion. Yes, there seems to be a lot of interest in ghost hunting in these locations. I would rather discuss something else like ancient civilizations, but if you go go ghost hunting, In a former asylum, you're probably in with a good chance of some paranormal activity. Here is the sales pitch for guided tours to the former Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum located in western West Virginia from the website of the same name. Quote, the asylum has had apparition sightings, unexplainable voices and sounds, and other paranormal activity reported in the past by guests, staff, sci-fi's ghost hunters, Ghost Hunters Academy, the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, and Paranormal Challenge. Step back in time and see how the mentally insane lived and died within these walls. Thousands have been committed to the asylum over the years, and hundreds unfortunately died here. Decide for yourself if they still they're still occupying the historic wards and treatment rooms. Unquote. Where does the word lunatic come from? Lunar means relating to the moon. According to Wikipedia, the word lunatic is an informal term referring to a person who is considered to be mentally ill, dangerous, foolish, unpredictable, or crazy. Apparently, the the moon was blamed for some mental illnesses in the past. But getting back to the Trans-Alagami Lunatic Asylum, how are the guided tours described? In a way that makes it all seem very normal. Here are the details of the guided tours first to the main building. Quote, These tours last approximately two hours, 10.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. This is a guided tour of the four hottest spots in this 242,000-square-foot asylum. Once everyone is registered, we'll break the groups up and assign guides. Make sure you stay with your guide. Ages 12 and over are accompanied by an adult, unquote. Then for other buildings... Have you been curious about the possible paranormal activity in the other buildings at the facility? 
due to popular demand, we are having an investigation of the medical center, the forensics and the geriatrics, geriatrics buildings. The investigation time will be divided to ensure each group has time in each of the three buildings. The hunt will last from 11.30 p.m. to 5 a.m., unquote. Participants are encouraged to bring cameras, digital recorders, EF, EMF meters, and so on. I wonder if the ghosts are bothered about the visitors being there all the time. It can't be as easy as to just leave and haunt somewhere else. Yeah, why not get away and haunt a nice tropical beach somewhere? But there must be some strong attachments to a very sad place. The best action to take will be to go towards the light and move on. I probably don't have to ask, but can you provide the history of lunatic asylums? Yes, and first we have to mention the author Nellie Bly, who pioneered reform after her investigation of, of the Blackwells Island Insane Asylum located in New York City. Her book, 10 Days in a Madhouse, was published in 1887. She spent 10 days undercover as a patient until her lawyer got her out. So we are talking about institutions that locked away the mentally ill. Yes, and as Nellie Bly revealed, others uh, who were not mentally ill. Here's a brief overview from the website, The Plaid Zebra, or The Plaid Zebra. Quote, the history of mental institutions of the world is a relatively short one. The modern institution began in the 18th century. They began as lunatic asylums and eventually morphed into psychiatry hospitals. The mental institutions that were first introduced in America and rose to popularity in the 19th and 20th century have been the subject of horror stories ever since the exposure of the abuse and mistreatment endured by the residents, which led to their subsequent closure. The stories that surround these buildings have not been exaggerated, as many of these patients endured unsanitary conditions, unlawful experiments and sexual abuse." Unquote. Does the article mention any asylums in particular? The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum gets a special mention. Quote, one of the greatest problems facing the mental health sector today is overcrowding. This was even more a problem in the late 1940s at the renowned mental institution known as the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. The, the asylum was built to house 250 patients, but in 1949, it had over 2,400 patients. Treated like farm animals, they were living in completely unsanitary and inhumane conditions. The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum was truly something out of a nightmare. Patients were locked in cages and lobotomies were performed with ice picks. These horrific conditions are thought to have contributed to tens of thousands of deaths during its operation from 1864 to 1994, unquote. What other abuses went on? Again, from the same article, quote, countless asylums employed the use of insulin therapy intended to induce comas as well as shock therapy. These systematic cruelties lead to the suicide or led to the suicide of many mental patients, unquote. I think we need to talk about shock therapy. It has been said at a point in time it was used as a form of torture where the patient was shocked over and over again until medical staff thought the patient gained some improvement. Here's part of an article from the Mayo Clinic website, quote, much of the stigma attached to ECT is based on early treatments in which high doses of electricity were administered without anesthesia, leading to memory loss, fractured bones, and other serious effects. ECT much, is much safer today, although ECT still causes some side effects. It now uses electric currents given in a controlled setting to achieve the most benefit with the fewest possible risks." Unquote. When was shock therapy first used? Only since just before the Second World War. The following is from Wikipedia. Uh, electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, the ECT we mentioned earlier, formerly known as electroshock therapy and often referred to as shock treatment, is a psychiatric treatment in which seizures are electrically induced in patients to provide relief from mental disorders. The ECT procedure was first conducted in 1938 and is, only is the only currently used form of shock therapy in psychiatry. ECT is often used with informed consent as a last line of intervention for major depressive disorder, mania, and catatonia. ECT machines have been placed in the class two category, special controls, by the United States Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, since 1976, unquote. For ECT today, the patient is anesthetized. 
catatonia means being able to move and move normally. How effective is it? The following is from the website Healthline. Quote, according to a review by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, 78% of patients with clinical depression improved after ECT. In addition, people who are treated with ECT have a 70 to 90% remission rate. This compares to a 20 to 30% rate for those taking medications. The reason the ECT is so effective remains unclear. Some researchers believe it helps to correct an imbalance in the brain's chemical messenger system. Another theory is that a seizure somehow resets the brain, unquote. So there's a distinction between modern treatments and the barbaric practices of decades ago. But given the paranormal tourism, I expect that there are some pretty scary ghost stories from the trans algami Lunatic Asylum. The website Legends of America describes a lot, a lot of activity there. Quote, the tales of hauntings and unearthly spirits lurking within the buildings and on the ground started long before it ceased to be a hospital. After a few decades, the reports of hauntings and the sounds of restless souls became commonplace. In fact, some workers were said to have stayed only a few days, quitting after hearing inexplicable noises such as the squeaky wheels of gurneys rolling along a tarred hallway. Thousands were committed to the asylum over the years and many unfortunately died here. Over 2,000 people are buried in the cemetery. The spirits are numerous and range from Civil War era ghosts to children to ex-patients and staff. Murderers, rapists and other violent offenders are said to continue to dwell in the building along with others whose only crime was depression or substance abuse. Sightings include staff and visitors seeing ghostly figures walking through the hallways at night and glimpsing shadowy figures at all hours. One doctor even reported that a spirit followed her home and continues to trouble her to this day. Others have reported seeing a ball of light moving in the hallway and spying apparitions dressed in white. I think we'll have to continue the rest of the quote after the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue talking about haunted asylums after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. a skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. 
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about haunted asylums and a quote about the trans Allegheny lunatic asylum from the website Legends of America. So, Dad, can you please continue with the quote? Sure. On the first floor of the building, which is called the Civil War Wing and is the oldest part of the hospital, is said to lurk a former patient by the name of Ruth. Though it is unknown the reasons why, Ruth apparently hated men and had a practice of throwing things at them. Today, a spirit still wanders in the hallways where people have been pushed up against walls and have heard whistling sounds emanating in the hallways, unquote. Would you be interested in making a visit to that location? I wouldn't want to be within 50 miles of the place or even 100 miles. The Legends of America article continues, quote, In World Two of the second floor, a couple of violent events occurred. In one room, a man was stabbed 17 times by another patient. In another room, two patients committed suicide by hanging themselves from curtain rods. Here, shadowing figures have been seen, and on at least one occasion, an EVP captured someone saying, get out. The third floor is where two patients tried to hang another patient when he didn't die, bludgeoned him to death. The ghost of the murdered man is said to continue to haunt the room in which he was killed. Another ghost by the name of Big Jim is also said to maintain a presence on this floor, as well as a nurse called Elizabeth. Other occurrences on this floor include doors that close by themselves, fleeting glimpses of apparitions, shadowy figures, and a number of strange noises which have been caught on EVPs. Located on the fourth floor is another well-known spirit, a child named Lily, who sits patiently in a room filled with toys, waiting for someone to play with her. Wearing a white dress and said to be about nine years old, Lily likes to play games with visitors and staff as toys move around of their own accord and a music box turns on by itself. Legend has it that Lily was a little girl who spent all or most of her short, sad life inside the walls of the asylum. One story says she was says that she was dropped off at the hostel by her parents, while a second tale states that she was born there to a committed mother. She died of pneumonia at the age of nine and has never left the only home she had ever known. Though Lily appears to be pleasant enough, other more sinister, sinister spirits seem to linger on the fourth floor, including a black mask-like object and a strange apparition, apparition sorry, called the creeper that crawls along the floor. The sounds of something or someone banging on pipes is often heard. Another ghost on the fourth floor who many have seen is a soldier who they call Jacob, who is said to stroll, stroll the hallways. Numerous unearthly sounds have also been heard, including screams coming from inside the electroshock room, banging, mysterious slamming doors, throaty moans, ominous breathing and hysterical laughter coming from the empty rooms. Other paranormal activity includes objects that seemingly move of their own accord and visitors reporting the feeling of being watched, unquote. EVP is short for electronic voice phenomena. I wonder if there aren't a lot of imprints or residual hauntings rather than actual hauntings. Also, if investigators and other visitors know the story beforehand, are some of the experience manifestations of what the visitors are actually expecting? I'm wondering at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum if any psychic mediums are trying to help any ghosts to pass over. 
I have a lot more questions, including are all former lunatic asylums much the same in different places of the world? The Beechworth Lunatic Asylum in Australia seems to have its fair share of hauntings. Here's a description from Wikipedia. Quote, Beechworth Asylum, also known in later years as the Beechworth Hospital for the Insane and Mayday Hills Mental Hospital, is a decommissioned hospital located in Beechworth, a town in Victoria, Australia. Mayday Hills Lunatic Asylum was the fourth such hospital to be built in Victoria, being one of the three largest. Mayday Hills Hospital closed in 1995 after 128 years of operation. The asylum was surrounded by almost 106 hectares of farmland, making the hospital self-sufficient with its own piggery, orchards, kitchen gardens, fields, stables and barn. For recreation, the asylum included tennis courts, an oval and cricket pavilion, kiosk and theatre, unquote. 106 hectares is 262 acres. The surrounding farmland and recreational facilities don't sound unpleasant. In the grounds, walls were built that prevented escape. They looked low from the outside, but were high with trenches dug in front of them on the inside. So what are the ghost stories reported for the site of the old asylum? There must be quite a lot because there are nightly ghost tours. Here is a part of an article from This Is Horror website. Quote, there are plenty of stories about Mayday Hills Asylum. Many have spoken of the figure of a man who appears near the cellar and then completely vanishes within a second. Matron Sharp, who spent most of her life there, has been spotted on more than one occasion, a grey hooded figure in period costume. Doors swing open by themselves and at other times mysterious screams are heard. Some say that a glance out of the cottage windows around dusk may reveal an old man in a green jacket maybe an old groundkeeper wandering around in the gardens. Also, a woman has been on occasion photographed standing at the window from which she was reputedly thrown out by other inmates. Whether these tales are true or not, the entire place has a certain eeriness about it that sends chills down the spine." Unquote. So similar stories are told even on, different, on a different continent. Do you have any actual accounts from ghost hunters? The word, sorry, the weird NJ website with NJ standing for New Jersey provides a lot of detail about the privately owned Rolling Hills Asylum in New York State. This was when a team visited and wrote an article about their experiences. Here's an introduction to the former asylum. Quote, there's a hotbed of paranormal activity in the, in the tiny northwestern New York town of East Bethany known as Rolling Hills Asylum, an immense abandoned looking former almshouse. The property was established on January the 1st, 1827 as the, as the Genesee County Poor Farm and through the years it has operated as an infirmary, orphanage, tuberculosis hospital and nursing home. Over 1,700 bodies are believed to be buried here in unmarked graves and a plethora of supernatural activity has been reported at the asylum, including disembodied voices, doors slamming, footsteps and full body apparitions. There are stories of shadow people, ghostly touches, and numerous EVP recordings, unquote. I wonder why anyone would want to buy a property with all that paranormal activity going on, as well as all those unmarked graves. In the article, the current owner, Sharon Coyle, provides an account of various rooms in the building, starting with Hattie's room. Stories were told by Sharon during the team's visit. Quote, Hattie's room, first floor of the East Wing. Sharon says she left a tape recorder running in the room and caught the distinct voice of an elderly woman calling out hello. She believes it to be the voice of a former patient at a nursing home who was blind and used to call out hello to get the attention of the nurses. Sharon played the EVP for a former employee who was shocked to hear Hattie's voice again, unquote. That seems to give reasonable validation to one of the former inmates haunting the place. But I wonder if these types of locations have negative entities migrating to them, given all that overcrowding and human suffering that is typically reported for these locations. Are there any possibilities for the behavior besides ghosts, negative entities, and imprints? Shadow people are mentioned. Here's another quote from the same article during the tour. Quote, Second floor east wing. In the old men's dormitory is a corridor referred to as the shadow hallway, Sharon told us. This is where we see a lot of shadow people. When you look down toward the infirmary section, you start to see shadow people. 
They could look like you and I, solid. solid. They could be light gray, medium gray, dark gray, or pitch black. They could be normal human shaped or anamorphous shapes. They come in and out of doorways, walk across the hall. Sometimes they'll poke an arm or a leg out. Sometimes they crawl on the floor. And that can be creepy, especially if you're sitting on the floor during an investigation and one is coming at you because you can actually see the shadow moving towards you. Many a strange and inexplicable shadow was captured by the weird NG video team while filming inside the shadow hallway on the day of their visit of our visit to Rolling Hills, unquote. I had previously thought about an episode including the subject of shadow people. So I think we should digress a little and talk about shadow people. Okay, let's start with Wikipedia. Quote, a shadow person, also known as a shadow figure, shadow being or black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure, particularly as interpreted by believers in the paranormal or supernatural as a presence of a spirit or other entity, unquote. Is there a scientific explanation for shadow people? The same Wikipedia article provides that. Quote, several physiological and psychological conditions can, can account for reported experiences of shadowy shapes seeming alive. A sleep paralysis sufferer may perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them when they lay awake, paralyzed, and become increasingly alarmed. Neuroscientists Balangela and V.S. Ramachandaran have received proposed have recently proposed neurological theories for why people hallucinate shadow figures during sleep paralysis. A person experiencing heightened emotions, such as while walking alone on a dark night, may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker. Many meta-amphetamine addicts report the appearance of shadow people after prolonged periods of sleep deprivation. Psychiatrist Jack Potts suggests that meta-amphetamine usage adds a conspiratorial component to the sleep deprivation hallucinations. One interview subject said that you don't see shadow dogs or shadow birds or shadow cars, you see shadow people standing in doorways, walking behind you, coming at you on the sidewalk. These hallucinations mean directly compared to the paranormal entities described in folklore, unquote. I think we'll have to continue talking about haunted asylums and shadow people after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, 
Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True, and before the break, we're discussing shadow people and possible scientific explanations of shadow people, but that doesn't exactly explain the sightings of the shadow people at the Rolling Hills Asylum. Science can only deal with the normal, not the paranormal, so no surprises there. The website Angels and Ghosts provides a paranormal explanation, quote, Shadow people are also known as dark shadows or shadow ghosts and probably are the most misunderstood of ghost entities. Shadow is an indication of spiritual condition. It is the absence of light. Light and spirituality denotes truth and darkness would indicate a lack of knowing or fear. In other words, shadow people are disembodied humans who are lost, having not gone forward in life's journey by refusing to go toward the light that will carry them fully into the next realm after death, the physical body. Missing this transition, ghosts remain here with us, with those of us on earth, in a temporary state of limbo, so to speak. Shadow ghosts are not devils, demons, or aliens, as some want to theorize, but people. And how they look to us is is mostly likely due to two factors, their inner condition, state of the soul, and how we're able to perceive them in the visible spectrum, unquote. That would suggest that shadow people are a form of ghost rather than being negative entities. The article continues reinforcing that idea. Quote, because we fear darkness, many of us have come to believe that shadow people have ill intentions and thus are evil. However, most shadow people are not negative in nature, are simply lost and in need of guidance to understand their condition. Shadow people have been recorded in videos, both adults and children, male and female, But often as people reliving their former lives, being trapped by the mind and remaining as earthbound spirits, unquote. Before we move on to the questions, what else can be said about haunted lunatic asylums? Just a story from the Athens Lunatic Asylum in Ohio. Here is a quote from the Ranker website. Quote, a popular paranormal story linked to Athens involves a patient named Margaret Schilling. In December 1978, Margaret was playing hide-and-seek with nurses who eventually became distracted by demands of other patients. The nurses forgot about Margaret, and and a year later, her body was found by a maintenance worker. Apparently, an immovable imprint of Margaret's body, clothes, and hair remains visible on the floor, despite decades of cleaning, unquote. If true, that's incredibly sad on several levels. Being forgotten about, then not being found... Apparently, human life wasn't worth very much. Someone should have realized Margaret was missing. But a movable print of a body is not something that would be made up. Either the physical evidence exists or it doesn't. But ghosts aren't going to provide much in the way of physical evidence. But with that, I think it's time for the first question. Why is there such morbid curiosity, along with so much ghost hunting, in places like the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum? Because there were so many negative events that occurred there. 
So it's combining people who are mentally ill in some cases, along with negative events such as the staff mistreating them. So there's a lot of built up negative energy and also combined with a lot of deaths. Why would locations like the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum be haunted? Why would there be attachments with places where there have been so much large scale human suffering? Basically, again, because of the negative energy. So there's so much negative energy from the events that it basically makes it. So the place has a lot of activity and the souls that were there are more traumatized and even some of the souls sticking around. Since when a person undergoes traumatic events, it doesn't always work out well. So it is likely some of the souls will stick around. Do apparition sightings, unexplainable voices and sounds and other paranormal activity occur at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum? Yes. Why is the moon associated with insanity? Basically, that goes back from centuries and centuries ago, where the moon was studied in depth. The moon phases actually affect the energy of the earth and the energy of the people. Why, there, why did there have to be so much suffering with unsanitary conditions, unlawful experiments and sexual abuse in lunatic asylums later to become psychiatric hospitals? Basically, it occurred because a lot of people thought that the patients there were less than themselves. So they viewed them as below them, meaning they could harm and injure the patients and there were also no repercussions. Also, a lot of the staff made it an opportunity for them to do harm without repercussions. Was it ever on a person's life path to be committed to a lunatic asylum? Yes. Why would electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, formerly known as electroshock therapy, be effective? Basically, it wouldn't be effective in the old way, so that's why it is no longer used like that. Are inexplicable noises such as the squeaky wheels of gurneys rolling down a tiled hallway heard in the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum? Yes, they are imprints. Are there numerous spirits ranging from Civil War era ghosts to children to ex-patients and staff in the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum? Yes. Do the ghosts of murderous rape, murderers, rapists and other violent offenders continue to dwell in the building? along with others whose only crime was depression or substance abuse? Yes. Besides having to deal with karma, why don't ghosts with criminal histories cross over? Sometimes it's because they regret their decisions, and other times it's because they haven't made peace within themselves. So they're still stuck in this negative energy where they can't really see the white light that is right in front of them. Do sightings include staff and visitors seeing ghostly figures walking through the hallways at night and glimpsing shadowy figures at all hours? Yes. Is it true that an entity followed a doctor at home and continues to trouble her to this day? Yes. Are ghost investigators at risk of being followed home by an entity which may remain attached to them? If proper protection is not put up. Has a ball of light been seen moving in a hallway as well as apparitions dressed in white? Yes. Does the spirit or the ghost of roof wander in the hallways where people have been pushed up against walls and have heard whistling sounds? Yes. In Ward 2 on the second floor where murders and suicides have been reported, have shadowy figures have been, often been seen with an EVP capturing someone saying, get out? The EVP wasn't 100% correct, but the rest is correct. So besides the EVP, the rest is correct? Yes. What type of entity was saying what was reported as get out? So there are multiple entities saying different things. There are different voices heard, but the EVP heard was altered. Altered by humans? Yes. On the third floor where two patients tried to hang another patient and when he didn't die, bludgeoned him to death, does a ghost of the murdered man haunt the room in which he was killed? Yes. On the third floor, does a ghost of Big Jim maintain a presence as well as a nurse called Elizabeth? The nurse isn't true, but the other one is. Also on the th third floor, do doors close by themselves and are apparitions, shadowy figures and strange noises common experiences? Yes. On the fourth floor, is there, a is there the spirit or ghost of a child named Lily who sits patiently in a room filled with toys waiting for someone to play with her. Unfortunately, yes.
Does the ghost of Lily wear a white dress and appear to be about nine years old? Yes. Does the ghost of Lily like to play games with visitors and staff? Yes. Do toys move around of their own accord with a music box turning on by itself? Sometimes, yes. Was Lily dropped off at the hostel by her parents or was she born there to a mother committed to the asylum? She was born there. Did Lily die of pneumonia at the age of nine, never leaving the only home she'd ever known? Yes. Why doesn't Lily cross over? Because she's afraid. Is there anything we can do to help Lily? It would take a specialized team to go there and help the ghost cross over. So it would take a team that instead of wanting to help the ghost show signs, instead they want them to cross over to the other side in the correct way. Do spirits or ghosts linger on the fourth floor, including a black mass-like object and a strange apparition called the creeper that crawls along the floor? Yes. Is the sound of something or someone banging on the pipes often heard there? Some of it is someone banging on the pipes. Some of it is because they're old pipes. On the fourth floor, does the ghost of a soldier called Jacob stroll the hallways? No. Also on the fourth floor, have numerous unearthly sounds, including screams coming from inside the electro shock room, banging, mysterious slamming doors, throaty moans, ominous breathing, and hysterical laughter being heard? Yes. Do objects move of their own accord, and do visitors get the feeling of being watched? Yes. At the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, are any psychic mediums trying to help any ghosts to pass over? Some are doing it, yes. You've probably answered this question, but are imprints or residual hauntings occurring in asylum locations? Yes, all over. Are some of the experienced during tours manifestations of visitor expectations? Some can be, yes. So the apparitions may just be in the people's minds, but some of them are very real. At the beach where from Mayday Hills Asylum in Australia, does a man appear near the cellar to completely vanish within a second? Yes. At the same asylum, is Matron Sharp spotted as a grey hooded figure in period costume? Yes. Do doors swing open by themselves? Yes. Are mysterious screams heard? Yes. I think we need to go into the break, Justina. Yes, after the sharp break, we'll continue with the questions and the psychic insight about haunted asylums. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, 
Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about haunted asylums. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure, and we're talking about the Australian Asylum at Beechworth. Has the ghost of an old man in a green jacket, maybe an old groundkeeper, been seen wandering around in the gardens? Yes. Has the ghost of one been, on occasion, photographed standing at the window from which she was reputedly thrown by other inmates? Unfortunately, yes. At the Rolling Hills Asylum located in New Jersey, were over 1,700 bodies buried in unmarked graves? Approximately, yes. Are disembodied voices, door slamming footsteps and full body apparitions experienced by people in the building? Yes. In Hattie's room on the first floor of the East Wing, was the distinct voice of an elderly woman calling out hello captured on a tape recording? That one was true, yes. Was it the voice of a former patient of the nursing home called Hattie, who was blind and used to call out hello to get the attention of the nurses? Sad enough, yes. On the second floor east wing in a corridor or hallway, are a lot of shadow people seen? You could call them shadow people, but they're more apparitions of former, former patients. Can these shadow people or apparitions of former patients appear to be light grey, medium grey, dark grey or pitch black? Yes. Are they shaped as humans as well as having anamorphous shapes? Yes. Do they come in and out of doorways, walk across the hall, sometimes poking an arm or leg out? Yes. Do they sometimes crawl on the floor? It's rare, but it does happen. Does the observing of a shadow person indicate the presence of a spirit, ghost, or other entity? Usually, yes. Are there several psychological conditions that explain seeing shadow people? There are some, yes, but it would be rare for a visitor to see it then. So for some people, yes, but for the main amount of people, it wouldn't be normal for them to see it. Are shadow people in a different ghostly form that is perceived differently? So there are two types of shadow people, ones that are just apparitions, kind of like ghosts. They're trapped, and then there are the ones that are very negative. They are almost like demons, but in this case, they're apparition ones. Why are shadow people, the ones that are a kind of ghosts, perceived to be different from other apparitions that have more human-like form? So actually being a ghost or appearing as a ghost takes a lot of energy. So the ones that appear as shadow people are trapped in a different way. 
So basically, they're not trapped in the in-between as much, but left some of their energy behind. So they are less in-between, but closer to the spirit world, leaving some of their energy behind, but have not crossed over. Yes. What else should we know about the shadow people? They need to be crossed over also. So it's basically that they need crossing over too, and they usually act in very strange ways since it is just energy that is left behind. Why would an entity want to relive its life in a lunatic asylum? They don't, so some of them just get trapped. So number one, they may not realize that they are dead, such as some ghosts. And number two, the events may be so tragic that their energy kind of lingers. So it's very difficult for traumatic people to be crossed over unless they have some extra help. And these events are so traumatizing that you can th also think of it as so many different souls that were lost there. That it's just going to occur that some do not get crossed over properly. In the Athens Lunatic Asylum in Ohio, with a patient named Margaret Schilling in December 1978, they hide and seek with nurses who forgot about her, with a year later her body being found by a maintenance worker. Yes. Does an, does an immovable imprint of Margaret's body, clothes and hair, remain visible on the floor despite decades of cleaning? Yes. Why does that imprint remain despite, despite decades of cleaning? She wants them to remember what they did to her. What can be done to help ghosts remaining in lunatic asylums? Get the professionals in to basically transfer over the different individuals who passed away there and also try to cleanse the energy. So the best way is removing all the objects, destroying them, and also recognizing the various victims there. Are the ghost tours and paranormal investigations helpful in any way, or are they a hindrance? Not really helpful, no, since they are just encouraging the activity. What can we learn from the sad story of asylums and from the ghosts that stay around them? That other people's actions that are very traumatizing and negative do affect others, and that mistreatments, specifically when there is physical, sexual, or emotional trauma, really harm them even when they pass away. So to remember that something like this should never happen again, and that if someone is mentally ill, it's still an illness, they need the proper help. That was the last answer. Is the possibility of eventually going to the light for ghosts trapped in lunatic asylums too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. From the psychic insight, it seems that getting teams of professional mediums that can go in and communicate with the traumatized beings and persuade them not to be afraid needs to be done. Knocking down the buildings would also help, apparently. But what is the difference between a psychic and a medium? The major difference is that mediums can actually communicate with the dead. All mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. Are there specialized mediums that can help ghosts cross, cross over? James Van Prague, the ghost whisperer, is probably the best known medium who talks and writes about ghosts and communicating with the dead. He co-produced a television series from 2005 to 2010 called The Ghost Whisperer which dramatized helping ghosts trapped between worlds by helping them resolve unfulfilled aspects of their former life. The series was loosely based on the work of paranormal investigator Mary Ann Winoski. There are a lot of people that help ghosts in asylums passed over. I think that is the issue, is that you have a ghost in your home that may or may not be a nuisance. You want it to pass over. You could call somebody and they would come and help. For lunatic asylums, the work would be entirely voluntary and probably unpaid. I noticed that the psychic in this in that the psychic insight when we talked about the young child Lily specifically mentioned that it would need a specialized team to go to the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum to help ghosts cross over. Yes, I think it would take a team. If there are multiple ghosts, how could a medium working on their own focus not be distracted by so much paranormal activity? So I think we should applaud those who give up their time to help ghosts pass over just because they believe it is the right thing to do. Should we say something about putting up protection? Um, I've read about it uh, quite a bit. The simple way is to ask for and then visualize a bubble of white light surrounding you. There's plenty of information on how to put up protection on many different websites. Yeah, I should have mentioned that putting up protection is important if you go somewhere that... Uh, 
you believe has some kind of negative entity and that uh, you want to protect yourself from it. I read in various autobiographies of psychics and mediums that um, uh, they do it on a daily basis or maybe more than once a day and that it's very important in, in protecting them. I think one point that we haven't really touched on yet is that we did talk about people who are labeled as insane. And today, there's obviously people who are mentally ill. And I think it's a really good note to kind of put a positive spin on things is that today, the places for the mentally ill are totally different. So instead of overcrowding, instead of a lot of the abuses that used to happen, it's a lot more monitored now. And a lot more known is known about mental illnesses so that people can actually get the help that they actually need. I have to say there's a difference between Europe and the United States. My experience of uh, how the mentally ill were treated in, in Great Britain, for example, I think there was less fear, more understanding. I still think in the United States there's sort of um, an unease, um, um, I don't know, a lack of understanding or a fear, I guess. Um, and it seems much more open and talked about. And people admit, uh, well, that's the wrong word, but uh, if they've been mentally ill, like to share their experiences more to help others. Well, I think that's one thing we want to touch on is that there's kind of the stigma attached with having a mental illness or seeing a psychologist or therapist. And that's another conversation that could be started from this episode as a positive note is that there's nothing to be ashamed of. There shouldn't be the stigma around having a mental illness, needing help, and everyone should feel comfortable asking for help. So I think that's something that's very hard in the United States is when someone needs help, it's hard to actually ask for it. Yes, um, I, I remember just hearing a few days ago um, um, a, a show on suicide. I don't want to be too negative, but uh, that was the question. That was the question, or that was the issue raised was um, that uh, it was important to ask for help, and that so often people uh, who are maybe temporarily um, just a little depressed don't don't ask for help and. Uh, help would be there, I guess. So I think that's a very important point. But I think we have to come away with the positives that uh, the more we understand about these situations, the more we can deal with um, um, the reality of today and uh, avoiding it in the future, I guess. Well, I think we'll leave on the positive note that we do not want history to repeat itself. So let's learn from this history, learn if there's the one thing to take away from this episode is that some horrible things happened and people should learn from them and nobody should ever be treated like they were in these different asylums. But on that note, let's thank the listeners for listening today. And we're also open to any future suggestions. So if you have any subjects you would like us to have a show on. We would love to hear from you. You can either go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, thank you so much to the listeners, each and every one of you, and we look forward to next week's show. or a believer. Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. 
With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.